Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode number 70 for the 26th of March, 2008. James, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Ian. And here we are on the couch, episode number 70. It seems like we've done this before. It seems we probably have, and uh, hopefully we've solved all our technical <laughs> difficulties yes, now. We have lights moving on the recording devices. Fantastic. So that's good. Um, well, here we are. We've got an eclectic week of news for you with everything from business news, technology news, some content delivery kind of stuff, a little bit of mobile news, late-breaking stuff, and uh, I guess we've got some gaming news as well, and then probably some other stuff that we'll no doubt babble on about Indeed, we're, uh, we're on about it. Um, so... Ian, what's going on in the land of, uh, what is it, um, business news? Well, we've got Ofcom, who are the uh, the regulator in the UK. Uh, they've confirm, confirmed this week that they are about to auction Radio Spectrum. Auction? S- is that a kind of Aussie <laughs> auction? Kind of <laughs> it's supposed to auction. Yeah, <laughs> auction. It's funny, actually, because my, my mother comes from England. And it's one of the few words that she actually Did she win you in an auction? <laughs> still has a few, has her English accent on, really? and that's auction. Uh, whereas we say auction. Uh, Spectrum, suitable for a range of services, including mobile TV and satellite radio. Uh, so this is exciting that um, it's finally happening. We're finally getting to the point of freeing up the Spectrum and then doing something useful with it. Uh, the provisional deadline for, your, for applications is the 10th of April. But th- I mean, this isn't liberated by you know the terrestrial broadcasts because I mean terrestrial broadcasts are in sort of VHF and UHF this is L-band so we're talking mm. you know bizarre this is kind of the same frequency that GPS comes down in so that could really mess up those TomTom owners <laughs> could be all bad <laughs> couldn't it <laughs> um, yeah, lots of people were running into rivers and things yeah, sped, spread spectrum technology and GPS of course um, so yeah they're releasing this part of the spectrum I wonder what this was used for before I mean typically that spectrum's usefully point-to-point microwave links and things like that. So yeah, it's so this is 1452 to 1492 megahertz. Yeah. So I think it's been used for things like MMDS. Mm. So yeah, point-to-point links or point-to-multiple points. BDS and the like. So, but that's just flogging off a bit of spectrum. No wonder the uh, the budget in the UK credit crunch. They also need some more cash <laughs> in the right. UK. So uh, yeah, I keep those banks propped up. Fantastic. Mm. Um, and other kind of UK news as well. Uh, ITV, which is the largest advertising funded mm-hmm. television station here mm-hmm. in the UK um, has put more of their stuff online um, I, I guess the uh, as it says in this uh, remark here it says ITV has been left standing by the BBC iPlayer and I think yeah, everyone's is, been left standing by that and it's very yeah, tough it's uh, how does anyone compete with something which is has amazing content amazing content it is free but obviously it's not free because we're mm-hmm. all paying that license fee our mm-hmm. $300 a year or something for it but it's perceived as free because mm-hmm. um, so it really kind very of very hard to compete with that very hard for anyone else to get into the business especially as there's no advertising either yes so you don't <laughs> pay for there's no advertising so how do you compete with that in this bizarre <laughs> world we have in the UK well apparently they do it by uh, n- <laughs> by doing navigational improvements and introducing the ability to search for programs in different ways, such as by genre, as well as by highlighting more prominently popular shows viewers might have missed. So it is a catch-up service. So it is a catch-up service, uh, much in the way of of the the iPlayer, I guess. But uh, I don't think you can actually buy it from the ITV service. You can stream it. 
Mm. Oh, so it's all streaming, not downloadable. Which I, with iPlayer, obviously yeah. you can download it. You Would you get a higher quality well. feed? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've um, noticed on the the is it Live Station, the Skinkers thing for mm-hmm. the news. They they sent out a a please, can you do a, a stress test? We want lots of people to use it at the same time because they're right. obviously thinking about coming out of beta. Okay, uh, how go? I don't think I joined in the stress test. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's bizarre. They even have streaming radio as well. Obviously, they've got so you can listen to BBC Radio yeah. Four really? via peer-to-peer streaming. But why? Wow. You know, the other thing I heard the other day is there was some product announcement for a Wi-Fi radio, mm-hmm. which I've heard a few of these kicking around. But apparently, there's like six thousand internet radios you can listen to on your. Yeah, I mean, I had one on my iPhone actually, which had like, you know, a it's gazillion. Amazing stations <laughs> that you can listen to you know and pretty high bandwidth as long as you've got Wi-Fi wow. um, Fantastic. so you can listen to them but uh, yeah, it's not uh, not particularly good I mean but how radio I mean, you can, how you can find what you want to listen to with a gazillion stations <laughs> no. oh no that's part of the problem I mean uh, I've got a DAB radio at home now and part of the problem there is knowing which channel to pick like and there's squillions of them even mm. in DAB in the UK let alone with the entire world's worth well, of radio stations You'll just probably stick with the brands you know, and then if they cross-promote themselves, yeah, then you might true. slowly move around. That's true. Elsewhere, because I mean, radio is particularly difficult. It is because you have to listen to it <laughs> to find out what's going on. <laughs> well, yeah, and one song doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. all about that. Although well, the good thing about DAB is it does head head more. Well, my radio has a little, little bit of a display, and you can actually see what, if not the song, at least the segment. Can you pause on yours on. as well? Can you? Is it got a memory? No. I know some you can pause. No, some of them you can. Not this one. You really? just kind of. Looks like a radio. <laughs> <laughs> like a radio. I mean, that would be cool, like in the car and stuff, to have a bit of mm. memory on your uh, mm. and car. Cool. So if someone phones excellent. you up, I mean, if I'm listening to a podcast yeah, exactly. on my phone, it's, it pauses it. Pause but it. if yeah. the radio comes on, I miss it. It's all over. You know, yeah. so. um, sorry, slight, <laughs> slight uh, kind of diversion there. Um, other stuff in the news is the uh, failure of one of the Dish Network's new satellites in the US. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a bit of an overstatement. It's not I, really I a failure, was it? A failure so much as a, um, it's slightly in the wrong place. Yeah, it didn't get into the right orbit, did it? Yeah. And so they can a- burn all the fuel to get it in the right place. Can they do more things with it? Yeah, yeah, they can burn all the fuel because basically the, the fuel in satellites, as you probably know, in is used for station keeping because mm-hmm. it doesn't, they move around a bit due to yep. aberration. So they use it just to a quick squirt here and there to keep it in the right place. So if it's in the wrong ah, place, they could right. burn so all that fuel. Squirt the fuel, but, and they'll, but then it loses its life. Exactly, because right. unless unless they send a space shuttle up or something to refuel it or something, but uh, that's a bit pricey. Um, <laughs> but the I guess, and I think what they do is they have these. You always hear, about, you know, if I say always, I've heard that other people have these things when if something goes wrong with a satellite, they basically mm-hmm. everyone sits down and says. Okay, what's kind of working and what isn't, and what can we do? Right, because the insurance claims on a satellite are phenomenal. Yeah, well, this is so it's worth spending half a billion dollars to. <laughs> it's worth spending a lot of get out of this thing. Worth yep. a lot of money to see if you can get some life mm-hmm. out of it, because uh, then it becomes into a sort of partial insurance claim. So the insurance companies are very keen on any ah, fixes right. possible. Right. Um. So. So this um, satellite's called AMC fourteen. So they're probably thinking at the moment, what can they possibly do to not have to put out the insurance money. <laughs> That's what the insurance companies think. So I guess there must be people So what are they going to use this satellite for? So though? this, I think it's a, as far as I understand it, there's a bit of an HD war going on in the US because right. as uh, DirecTV and Echo Star are both competing mm. for the same market, they've both got similar numbers of subscribers. Or I think DirecTV's got a few more. Right. Um, HD is the, the big thing mm-hmm. and offering local channels in HD is, ah, is very okay. important. Right. Um, so these new satellites I think have got special beams which are 
just directed because clearly Particular there's not enough frequency right. allocation in one satellite course, right, so they, yeah. they can't offer the same services to everybody yep. so they have special mini beams and I think right. there's like almost one for every state or something Right. A very clever antenna design Correct. and so they're beaming just those HD down into mm -hmm. one place using one mm -hmm. frequency and they don't reuse the same frequency until they're a few states away and okay, right. all this kind of stuff so pretty, pretty clever satellites um, but as you say this one didn't quite make it and I think uh, I feel sorry for it really and DirecTV DirecTV is doing one of these sea launch things they've got this boat they launch them off really? have you heard about it? yeah there's this boat that they, <laughs> they launch it off a boat yeah because the cost of um, putting well, this it up this out of Russia yeah because it's where you can get the, the cheaper kind of launch vehicles rocks, rockets <laughs> you know, hanging around well I think the thing about the boat is you can stick the boat on the equator so you, use, you oh, can have course, a bigger right, payload yeah, yeah. you can put a heavier satellite up with the same right. amount of fuel because right. it depends yeah, where yeah, you are yeah, and all yeah. this kind of stuff um, mm. So I think the sea launch thing that seemed to go successfully, although it takes them a while to. And it might get in the right place, but then you've got to unfurl all the arms and all this kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, so th that uh, uh, that says Dish Network says, "Oh, we've got a backup plan. Don't worry." But they haven't said what it is. So. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they um, maybe a bit of a spacewalk planned or something. <laughs> uh, so they're saying DirecTV's newest satellite, which launched last week as well. So it's all been a bit of a total satellite launch. It's the, it's the HDTV action. arms race, as yeah, they say. Exactly. Uh, will allow the nation's largest satellite provider to deliver 150 national HD channels and expand delivery of local HD channels to more than 100 markets when it goes into service uh, this autumn. Because you get a lot of people just complaining because they'll say, why is this channel, why does the picture look lousy on here? Because mm. it's SD. Mm. People can't really... If, yeah, exactly. So the average, average catch pedo really doesn't know the difference when they switch channel. So there we cool. go. It's all happening. So, it's, you know, I'm sure it'll shake out, but I guess satellite launch spots are pretty uh, pretty tricky to get hold of. So, um, let's talk a little bit about some technology. Why is WiMAX crap? Well, in uh, a very Australian way, uh, the CEO of um, Buzz Broadband, who uh, shut down its WiMAX operation after a year, uh, had... Uh, few remarks to make at a, a WiMAX conference in Bangkok last week and um, I don't know it's, it's a very Australian thing to and just say how things are this guy's but, a bit uh, bitter on the conference circuit <laughs> he's got no job well, and so he's saying <laughs> it's a disaster I, know, I mean Buzz Broadband's still running but uh, his name's uh, Garth Freeman so, so are they doing if it's still running how come they've shut down they're doing it over fibre now or something like well they're, they're using different technologies I mean they said uh, indoor performance was problematic over distances of over 400 metres Signal dropped at distances over 2Ks. But, it, I mean, if, if he did this a year ago, maybe it was an older version or something? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few WiMAX services in Australia. And mm. to be fair, the ping times that I... I mean, I had a WiMAX service when I was there. Oh, right. I mean, three years ago. And the ping times were very high. But uh, you could get connected to base stations that were, like, miles away compared with, you know, you know how right. frequently you have to put cell towers. But mm -hmm. WiMAX towers, you don't need very many. Yeah, I think it's... 60 kilometers or something mm. ridiculous but obviously you don't get the bandwidth but, uh, he decided uh, his company decided that it was so uh, so flawed at least in terms of that implementation that they actually ditched WiMAX altogether and then used a combination of, of different technology uh, you know and uh, he was obviously on a panel with this guy from um, from Sprint which I think I've met the guy actually I went to I went to a, a WiMAX thing um and they're obviously launching this, uh, what they call X-Ohm, mm. Zome service Zoom. or something, yep. which is uh, all about basically the EVDO network in the US has been mm. really successful. Mm -hmm. um, EVDO has got this basically wireless 3G phone network, and it's, the right. more successful it is, the less bandwidth there is available per cell, so they yep. need to get something else, which gives them yep. 
uh, a low cost of rollout. So WiMAX would seem to me that it's a right. order of magnitude more bandwidth than the cell sites, like 80 megabits versus 8 right. megabits. Um, and also they're saying that uh, Buzz operates in, operated in 3.5 gigahertz spectrum, which is basically, as soon as it hits a bit of, you know, piece of paper is not going to go through it very well so yeah. mm. that's why these lower frequencies like oh, better. 14 megahertz penetrate better indoors 3.5 gigahertz mm. anyway so that's uh, it's kind of interesting first generation um, WiMAX and also there's been a bit of kind of hacker news hasn't there out and about yeah, as well on the so technology uh, side friend, um, uh, what's his name <laughs> Slysoft Slysoft <laughs> I don't know. Is he your friend? Well, you know, I mean that in the generic sense. Yeah. Um, Has uh, hacked Blu-ray's version. What's it called? And they're going to post some software called NEDVD HD. Yeah. Which will allow people to make backup copies. That's been around for a while, but this is the first version that uh, can back up uh, Blu-ray BD plus encryption. So you can uh, save a copy of your disc in case something happened to it, like it gets a scratch or something. And then you could reburn it. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, HD DVD had been hacked for quite some time, uh, but uh, then uh, uh, the Blu-ray moved to a new format called BD+, and they reckoned that it was going to be uncrackable for 10 years, so 10 months later, it's gone. So, you know, this is the problem of having, fundamentally, the player has to be able to decrypt the stuff, and you've got, if you've got the player in your hand, and you've got the the actual software yeah. in your hand all at once then you know it's pretty hard not to be able to if you're smart enough be able to crack it eventually yeah well that's I guess that's exactly what's well, it's, it's a race and I think that's the problem with there's no renewable I mean renewable security on a Blu-ray disc like, you know like a, the, I know we are going to talk about the PlayStation 3 which is I guess the, mm-hmm. the largest mm-hmm. deployment of, of Blu-ray players I mean clearly there you can update the software mm-hmm. so you could issue you could revoke certain keys and download new keys onto the um onto mm. the PlayStation 3 but I guess someone could fish them out somehow and then even titles that were already in circulation would still use the old keys so yes. you've got to maintain backward compatibility so I'm not quite sure how that's going to work and I guess it's kind of inevitable um but how how much data on a Blu-ray disc is like 60 gigs or something I mean 50, 50, 50 gigs yeah I mean yeah. you're not going to have if you've got a terabyte home storage of something it's not very many titles is it <laughs> it's true you get 20 discs especially when you can terabyte. get them delivered for like nothing <laughs> It's right. Rental so, stuff. Well, um, I mean, I guess that's the thing. I don't know. Have you seen many HD copies of movies floating around on the net you can download? That's going to be the thing, the actual net distribution of... Well, I'm sure there are. Content. I mean, if this stuff's around, I mean, I haven't actually been looking. I mean, again, I haven't got anything that... I, I mean, I guess my uh, Apple TV stuff, I suppose I could go and torrent these things down, but it would take forever. I mean, even if you downloaded a f- you know, 50 gig file, mm. how big's the disk in your Apple TV? 40 <laughs> or something <laughs> like that or 20 or something it's not going to work um, yeah I mean it's not it's not for everybody <laughs> um, the, the other news which um, uh, I, I get this great newsletter from uh, Bruce Schneier I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard of him he's a, he's a security um, expert and is uh, is I think things like Blowfish and people like that he's invented some algorithms there right. uh, he, he alerts me to the fact that the um, the octopus card not the, the octopus card sorry is the one in, in Hong Kong Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a similar one being used in UK now, called which you you use the old Oyster card. The Oyster card, and yeah. someone has hacked the I think the authentication mechanism or something, a signing mechanism mm-hmm. on that card. Um, it's been hacked, which is hacked. But I mean, it's hacked. Yeah, not, I don't think it's not exactly in the same way as this uh, any DVD 
thing mm. where there's a software down. I don't think someone has basically been able to recover the keys from the device. Right. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And as I understand it, the way they actually managed to crack that was to physically look at the card mm. through a, I don't know, electron microscope Scanning electron or microscope yeah, or something, yeah. And actually see what the... The keys were was doing by looking at the actual physical while it was running. So a bit of money's been spent on it, but I guess you know the price of a tube ticket now in London <laughs> make a buck. Yeah, when I visit from the con- when I visit from the countryside, <laughs> uh, it's, I can't believe how expensive it is. So maybe it's, I mean, will we see people on the sidewalk uh, selling oyster cards, cloned oyster in cards? the pub? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oyster, <laughs> dodgy <laughs> oyster, <laughs> dodgy oyster. <laughs> Anyone for his own? Yeah, if you've ever had eaten a dodgy oyster, you won't be uh, <laughs> won't be up for that, will you? Mm. Um, but that's kind of I guess it shows this cat and mouse game um, Indeed, and if you've got a massive deployed no, I mean it's presumably pretty bad news for um, the guys in Oyster Card territory I think Sony have got some technology in there but a, a lot of that you know it's relying on obscurity yes. and Bruce and I were saying that you know, if you deploy a system where it hasn't been open to public review or peer review or and it's not certified and known mm. then you're just relying on obscurity rather than it being a secure yep. piece of and, kit. And uh, if you can get hold of a scanning electron microscope and in a bit of time, then... Uh, mm. I think it's, it's, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but... Uh, bit of yeah, a, you mean, you're right, though. It depends on how much how much value there is in, in that deployment. Now, at the moment, you know, they've done a big push in London mm. to get people to use Oyster cards. Almost everyone uses Oyster cards. So they can sack all the ticket collectors. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that and... Um, uh, you know, he's trying to improve the kind of flow of people, I guess. So Save the planet with less tickets. <laughs> so you're looking at about 5 million mm. people with Oyster cards kicking around in London. Yeah. So all of a sudden, to have, you know, there's a value in, the, in that protected revenue, I guess. Oh, yeah. So now it's worth someone actually having a go at trying to... Are there stored value on the cards, right? Uh, yeah, there is, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whether exactly. you can recharge your card or whatever. Yeah, so maybe you can... Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll see people running around going, mm, can I recharge your oyster? I'll do it for <laughs> half price. <laughs> but then, I mean, shady guy in the street, I'll recharge your oyster. I mean, maybe he's taking money off it. Maybe he is. You don't know, because, I mean, there's also, there's, there's currency That's in the true. system, so yeah, they know how much is in the system. Mm. So they should be able to detect fraudulent transactions. Yeah, you would have thought so. And the argument is that you may be able to hack one card, but if, you, if mm-hmm. it takes you, mm-hmm. like, uh, a week and... Hundred thousand dollars of lab time to crack one card yep. to save four quid on the tube. Yeah, it's not going to be worth it. Is yeah, it? It's a hack, not a not mm, a compromise. Mm, so, true. you know, I guess hopefully there's there's some hope for that. I haven't seen the share price of Transport for London drop <laughs> yet, but we'll keep an eye out for that. One. See what happens. Um, if you've got any feedback and you think we're talking a load of rubbish, please do send us feedback. At and there might be a cryptologist listening. <laughs> please do tell us <laughs> feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Um, now you put this next story into content delivery about the update to the PlayStation 3. Uh, maybe we should put it in games. Yeah, let's move that one. In. Okay. It goes into games. Done. Done. Uh, so which moves us quickly on to Channel 4 joining iTunes. Mm. So they got a bit jealous, I think, of, uh, of BBC being on iTunes. And Channel 4 has some great, great content. Some of the best content in the UK that's not the on The only BBC. stuff I'd heard of was Black Books. You've heard of Peep Show, surely? Maybe. Skins is really popular Never heard with the of younger skins. folks. Uh, Spaced? Haven't heard of Spaced? Yeah. Okay. James doesn't get out much, guys, so <laughs> don't worry about that. Anyway, so some of the great content. content Let's uh, watch more TV. You should watch more TV. Channel 4 is great. And it has kind of... Another commercial kind of TV station in the UK, for those of you not from yes, the UK. Yes, true. Uh, but it has a lot more kind of... Uh, just a bit offbeat. You know, Channel 5, Channel mm. ITV is pretty much the kind of mainstream genre-based, aren't they? Genre-based, really. Yeah, I guess you could say. Anyway, so a lot of good content is now on iTunes. The disappointing fact, though, is that... Uh, the price. 
It's ex- extortionate. One pound eighty nine per. And for a box set, you can pay twelve pounds on iTunes, or you can uh, rock down to HMV or whatever and get yeah. it for like eight pounds. Yeah, Why no. would you pay more? For I, I still is it, is don't. It the convenience is it what a lower resolution? <laughs> what is it you're buying? <laughs> what is it that you're not buying? <laughs> uh, it just and also there's no discount for buying a box set. It's oh, there is some discount. No, I mean I I've well, I have actually bought. Have you? have you bought some content? I've bought. Uh, what did I buy? I bought that. Da- I got something. that episode of Damages for free. Damages for free. Damages. There was some episode. Oh right, right. Yeah, iTunes yeah. was giving away for free, and I thought it was so good. I bought the next episode, but I was thought I could buy the box set. But why bother? There was no discount. Yeah. Especially as I got one for free. I mean, you know. <laughs> but again, it's on there, and I'll probably watch it at some point. Yep. I got the REM video as well. Yep. Well, I bought a series, yeah. and the difficulty is that. Uh, if every time I log into iTunes, it starts to try and download the rest of it. Ooh. But there's like ten episodes. They're Takes like a while. <laughs> they're like 500 meg each. Yeah. My hard disk is already full, so every time I load iTunes, it fills up my hard disk again. It Ooh. does take a while. So, uh, okay. but you know, there's more stuff coming onto iTunes. I think generally that's that's a good thing. Oh, it's good. For your good average thing more user. content there. Just the price. What are they thinking? Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. Compared with, we've got South Park. Um, yeah, so South, South Park Park's is going free. Free. But it's free, but advertising supported. I think they've. Is it really? um, yeah. They've Have been, you tried it, James? I did try it, in fact, but as I'm um, in the United Kingdom, it's not currently available. And he, rather humorously, if you uh, take a look at the, the link in the show notes, you'll see that uh, if you're not in the US, I presume it pops up a nice graphic from South Park. <laughs> and this is the one of the Queen Elizabeth looking rather grumpy, going, Ooh. and it says, sorry, not available in England yet. Uh, and well, maybe they're thinking about it. Well, I think, you know, one of the problems here is is, is advertising funded? Oh, right, so you, you do actually watch advert, adverts yeah, as so, part of the show. Ah. So presumably they're, they're having to assemble ads mm-hmm. for these devices right. on the fly to make sure the ads are relevant and for your region. For and they have to sell right. ads mm. to the UK. Which is non-trivial for... I mean, this is, this is the thing people forget about. When the ads you're a need to be different. producer, you're not used to actually having to deal with people that want to buy advertising. Yeah, time. that's the content aggregator does exactly, the advertising that's, that's sales do, so and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a non-trivial thing for the, mm. the content producer to uh, then have to go and solicit advertising mm. essentially. And, then and I'm sure they can go in the US, they can probably sell some directly because they've got people advertising on the website already. They might have some sponsors. True, so they can, they can do but that. But they don't necessarily map internationally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there may also be some people who've got rights as well for IPTV Ah, in right. the UK for South right. Park so maybe they've got to wait until that expires or right, get I the see. lawyers onto it and you know where's I guess the main market is the home territories exactly um, but yeah do do take a look at that looks um, that was just looks, today's news so it's, it's streaming is it streaming yeah streaming yeah streaming stuff with ads I think there's quite a few ads in it it's 12 like, seasons it's the whole lot all 190 episodes or oh something. my goodness so it's a it's a fair whack has <laughs> it been going that long my goodness uh, must have 171 episodes. Yeah, oh um, my goodness. Who would have each full episode will have three commercials. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what one at the beginning, one in the middle, and one at the end. I guess, or three in the middle. <laughs> oh, wait and <laughs> see. Well, um, those those of you who are in the US, take a look. Let us know where are those advertisements. Yep. So um, very cool. And they they they're looking to offend people on their cell phones, game consoles, and computers. <laughs> it's a very exciting time for them. They've said. <laughs> so, I think it's jolly good of them. Um, I found a bit of mobile news Great. Which, which I've kept a secret from you oh yes um, well Motorola is apparently spinning out its mobile business yes so it's splitting up between mobile yeah. and I must admit have you ever owned a Motorola mobile phone I have actually I, I got one of those little kind of kind of tiny ones tiny little flip ones when they first came out 
Do you remember the Razor Dutch? ones? Or? No, no, before the Razor, there was a really cool Oh, the one that flipped up yeah, the Star Trek really style. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. The, the next version of that one, which is like about. Uh, know, listeners are not big. really getting your little <laughs> hand signals here. <laughs> no, it was very small and very cool, but the user interface was complete rubbish. Yeah, I had a. But every time you opened it, everyone went, ooh, that's a very cool phone. I think they did well with the, the flip phone. Motorola yep. flip, phone flip phone and the Razer. And the Razer did. I mean, the Razer was one of the most phenomenally mm. uh, popular Wanted, mobile desired phones, phones in, yeah. in the world. Uh, but I was actually talking to someone from Motorola mm. whose name will remain uh, hidden for the purposes of this experiment. Right. Uh, at a conference recently, he said, and I said, look, you know, you guys are doing great with the Razer, mm. you know, top, of your ga- top of your game, best selling mobile phone. And then what happened? And I went, ah, yes, well, our problem fundamentally is that we got so excited about this, po- the popularity of this phone, we forget, we forgot to invent the next thing. I mean, I would imagine they don't do it internally anyway. They just go to an industrial design house. Well, maybe they do do it internally and they just yeah, say... No, I think it was all the whole Motorola thing, yeah. which is why the user interfaces were so bad. But I imagine you have little design consultants that come and pitch to them and say, okay, we'll have this one. Yeah, maybe. And we'll put our shit user interface in this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe. But, um, so, uh, but they got away with it because it looks cool and maybe advertising campaign, yep. the right push. Yeah, they had, they um, had a great campaign. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they're splitting that out, That's, which is funny because I actually thought they were going to sell it off. That was a rumor. But yeah, I guess well, I guess split it out, out. So often they'll, so yeah. they'll, they'll have the TV, the set-top box kind of guys and the mm. cable TV stuff, and then they'll have the yep. mobile stuff. Yep. So um, we'll see how that goes. I guess because they've ha- having their asses whooped by Samsung and LG and yeah, people like that. Time. So not really getting forward there. I also heard uh, an iPhone rumor that the 3G iPhone is pending. Yeah. Um, with a, It's going to have, obviously, 3G, camera front and back, probably have video chat built in, all this kind Ooh, of stuff. Nice. Um, and but, we'll um, have GPS... I don't know about you. I mean, the location yeah. stuff seems to work okay, okay. but it's more novelty factor than, yeah, fair enough. than actual GPS. I actually saw uh, one of the guys in the office had a, an LG Beauty. Right, what does that look like? Looks like an Apple iPhone, actually. <laughs> uh, and there's, uh, apparently it all runs Flash, so some guys on the net have hacked it so that you can replace the Flash files that run the user interface. Okay. And they've got iPhone-like iPhone skins that oh, run well. it. It was actually pretty good. It was like, cool, all the little icons, and they all move around the same as the... I wonder if they accidentally released that uh, development kit onto the market yeah, so maybe. it wasn't us it was the users have been doing it <laughs> but it's like heaps of this stuff so you're saying it's one of the most hacked mobile phones because everyone's making all these new skins and stuff for right. it because it's so hackable flexible hackable flexible it's quite good um, another mobile phone which I think was it was kind of they debuted in Barcelona at the 3GSM mm-hmm. an Israeli company called Modu Modu M-O-D-U right. Modu Phone um, and they're I think they're close to launching a basically a kind of like a modular kit from mod, Modu phone modular kit from mm-hmm. so basically the phone the phone electronics package is in a very small sort of matchbox kind of shaped thing right using my fingers again very good on the audio <laughs> and you can just slot it into various things so you could have a PDA right. you could have a oh, okay. um, you know, thing for showing more a touch screen really right. small phone right. hands free unit mm-hmm. um, whether it will catch on or not I don't know <laughs> Sounds cool. Good luck to Modu Fan. Let's have a looky see at that. Um, gaming. Have you bought any games recently? Ian? No, I have been game free. Totally game free. After the Easter holidays, traveling around Spain, there was not a lot of game action happening there. Yeah, I've got my pre-order on my The Force Unleashed. The Force for the Unleashed. Oh, really? Yeah, Star you Wars. The Force it? Yeah, yeah, you can Fantastic. pre-order it. It's not out till June, I think. Or something, but, <laughs> um, and apparently, you, you play some kind of. Um, Dark Jedi, like Sith. You, it's all. Right. I don't think it's so much lightsaber action. I think it's more force. 
Ah. kind of stuff but yeah. I don't know whether you have to use the nunchucker to sort of go <laughs> <laughs> oh, from this push people away James kind of waving, yeah, arms, yeah, around waving arms around anyway so that'll be uh, interesting to see and uh, the we cool. Fit I was surprised 70 quid 70 I'm sure quid. I think I'd rather keep my beer belly <laughs> <laughs> um, doesn't make you fit either um, that's pretty expensive isn't it yeah it is for uh, I mean I can stand around my set of bathroom scales. It is two pressure pads, seventy pounds. I mean, seventy quid to stand on something that tells you you're fat. <laughs> They'll tell you to move back and forth. <laughs> well, I can do that. Balance on one leg and all this kind pads. of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, if someone's got one or had a go on one, let us know. Feedback at onthecatchpodcast.com. Fantastic. Um, and uh, what's happening on the PS3? PS3 new firmware is apparently now out. Two point mm-hmm. two firmware. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I I guess I was kind of hoping this might bring home you know the uh, online mm. environment uh, apparently mm. not no, uh, it no. does have support for BD Live which is the interactive uh, the environment interactive format for, for Blu-ray Blu-ray I don't quite mm. know how you author stuff in Blu-ray interactive format mm. I think it allows you to go online mm-hmm. you can have hot links to live updates on websites um, so you could link through to other right yeah content cool. uh, maybe promos for other films or something um and it's got a few other fixes for playing other media files. There was also a rumor that you'd be able to copy stuff from Blu-ray discs onto the PSP, mm-hmm. but that apparently doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> but you can, like I think you can download songs and things and p- photos. You can sync them effectively between right. PSP and, and right. uh, um, the PS3. Yeah, and you the can PSP is actually three years yeah. old. Check it out. Check it out. I haven't really <laughs> <laughs> until, it, un- until they bring out and this this TV thing is supposed to be out soon, right? The, oh, uh, that'd be cool. Actually, some people in the office even would like kind of a whole water cooler, you know, chat about yeah. the whole plugging this thing into your PS3 and having mm. a PVR function. And yeah, that sounds cool. I could I could get that. You could get that. So maybe that's you know if, if you're going to put your hard-earned pounds down, <laughs> it's going to go on a play gadget rather than a. I mean. A, a, a digital TV adapter for a, a USB based one mm-hmm. which this device is yep. I was looking in PC World just lunchtime £19 so mm, pretty cheap so if I've got a PC if I've got a PC I can do that for £19 is that what you're saying yeah so I don't need a PS3 <laughs> to do all that no but it doesn't have doesn't have the PVR functionality I mean for like £30 you can go on with one gig of memory and it, it's a PVR on a stick Serious, yeah, but I guess it has limited recording. But that I know gig wow. gets you quite a lot of uh, yeah content recording. Cool. But uh, good for pausing and recording mm. the odd show or two. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I might have to go and download the PS3 firmware update tonight. See if it fixes my HDMI issues. <laughs> Finally, uh, but it is still I think the the cheapest Blu-ray disc player. It is indeed. And uh, mm. after the recent Xbox 360 price cuts, yeah. interesting to see if the PS3 follows up and and Microsoft's now kind of saying they're definitely not going to put a Blu-ray disc into the device yeah. or so even as an add-on which really so they're, they're definitely going for the download but then I, stuff I, mean, I think you know why not I think they'd have to license from Sun because B, BD Live has got Java in it so right. I think you know Java, Microsoft ooh, okay, really so there's yeah. so many people they don't like involved so maybe they'd have to license the Java runtime for um, right. the Blu-ray which they're not really into um, mm. maybe the whole architecture on the Xbox doesn't really support that I wouldn't have thought it'd be too hard to. Get I'm sure if they wanted to, they could do yeah. it. But then they'd have to support. They'd have to guarantee to support the, the future profiles as well. So, hmm. bit of a challenge for them. Okay, okay. well, that kind of wraps it up. <laughs> wraps it up for this week. So, any feedback, send it to feedback at onthecatchpodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening, and we will chat to you again in a week or so at Podcast Seventy One. All right. 
Bye from me, James. And bye from Ian. Cheers now. Bye.